so silent. Nobody says anything. Just quiet. And he says he doesn't like the, the quiet silence in church. I kind of like it. Noise. is love it when it becomes quiet. We're living in a time and in a world which is so full of noise, isn't it? Picture noise. There is a noise for the ears. And we seldom get quiet, silent a bit. We need to be silent before the Lord so that He can work with us and speak with us. Amen? Praise the Lord. I want to start today uh, for the next few weeks. I think for the next, uh, it's going to take four, and as you know me, it might go into five. Wendy, it may go into six. But I want to start talking about a series of guarding your heart. Guarding your heart. How do we guard our heart? You know, this is one of the most important things in us, because what comes out of our mouths shows us who we are, really. And what comes out of the mouth comes out of the heart. This is what the Bible teaches us. Because it's in the heart and then it goes into the mind and then the mind it forms on words and it comes over your lips. So many times things go into your heart and they, that set in cast what you are thinking and what you are doing. And now the Bible says to us we need to be careful what we put into our hearts. And I want to break it up. So today I want to just lay a foundation for you. We're just going to unpack that scripture verse and see where it comes from. And then in the next few weeks, I'm going to take a few things that we need to be careful of. We need to be careful of what we allow to come in. I mean, we are, we've all got them in our houses. There's TVs in their houses. What's coming through that into your home? What's coming through that into your little children? But more so, what comes into your mind? What do you see? What do you hear? We all live in the world. Jesus didn't say that He's going to put us on a little, small little island and separate us from the world. No, He says we're in the world, but not of the world. We're not of the world. So, I want to start with the scripture verse, which everybody should know. I mean, this is a well-known verse. Proverbs 4, verse 23, that's where we find our scripture verse. He says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. In itself, that verse says what it says. Mark, can you just pull my mic maybe just a little bit down on, on, on there? So it just says what it says. It says that we need to protect something because there is some, there's a reservoir inside of each one of us and we are like a tree. The fruit thereof is going to come out. Now I said it before, you can fake the fruit but you can't fake the root. And the root needs to be the root of righteousness that lives inside of us so that whatever comes out of us, should determine, it should show people what it is. I said it one time, long time, and many moons ago to a Sunday school class, I said, if I take you, and I lay you down on the ground, and I take you by your boots, and I lift you up, and I shake you upside down, what's going to fall out of your pockets? <laughs> then I'll take it, money, yes. But what is the story behind that? If, if your life has been shaken, how do you react? How do you react? You know, it's always good if our life is good and it goes well, but what happens when it doesn't go well? What, what happens when you get bad news? What happens when somebody cuts you off in, in, on the motorway? What happens with all of these things? You know, we live in a time where there's action and reaction and they just happen like that. But I've learned something in my life. We need to put a pause between action and reaction. And in the middle of that pause, I write down the word decision. 
I want to make a decision every single time a reaction happens, well, um, when an action happens, how I am going to react. Because you see it so often. People just, you know, emotions flows over. You're in the house, somebody shouts something, then you shout something back, and then shout something, and then it's just reaction upon reaction. But pause. Stop. Wait. And then choose how you're going to react and see how that can change your life. So when we look at this verse here, as you know, I love to unpack it, and this is in the Old Testament. So we're looking at the Hebrew here. That word there for God is the word Nasar. It means to maintain things entrusted to you. Now, particularly the English word, I don't think is the proper word there. It is a good word to use in the English, but I love the Hebrew word when he says that here you've got something which was entrusted in your care, and now you need to look after it. You need to maintain it. And the, and the scripture and the thing that the Bible says we need to do is this heart of yours. Now, I'm not talking about you need to look after your blood pumping heart as well. You need to look after that as well. You need to live well. You need to look after, you, you should not eat the wrong things. Otherwise, you're going to come into a position where you've got a sick heart. But there's so many people in Christian churches who sit with a sick uh, a spiritual heart. And this is what we need to protect. We are so easy to protect this body, but we need to protect our, our spiritual heart. He says here this verse that we've received something entrusted in your care and you need to maintain it. That is what the proper meaning of that word is. He says maintain your heart with all diligence. Now this word diligence here is also interesting because here we find the word control and it means to guard. That is more appropriate for you to use the word guard. It means to meticulously guard your heart. So how does the verse read? He says that we've received this heart, we need to maintain it, and how do we maintain it? We need to meticulously see what goes into our hearts and what comes out of our hearts. He says, for out of it springs the issues of life. I love it in the ESV translation, he says, from it flow the springs of life. Do you know that you've got a spring inside of you and it flows out to other people? I've dealt with somebody once and they said, I never have any friends. I said, well, maybe you should start smiling. <laughs> people may be afraid to come close to you because the outside shows what's on the inside. And this is what addresses this whole scripture verse here. Now, why do we have to protect this heart? Because we received a new heart, didn't we? Look at Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 25. He says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. I will sprinkle this clean water on you. And you shall be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all of your idols. It's an Old Testament, but you know it's so wonderful, Dennis, that this is a prophecy to where we're sitting here today. Isn't it right? He said that I will take out your old heart and I will come and give you a new heart. So if you are born again, guess what you got? You received a new heart. And he says, I'm going to wash it clean. I'm going, to, I'm going to sprinkle upon it. And let me just say, over the last few months, when we went through the, the letter of John, you know that I've emphasized that we do not believe in faith plus works. Can you notice that this is everything that he will do for us? He says, I will cleanse you from your filthiness and from your idols. 
Idols back in those days were those little statues. Those little wooden statues. Which they made out and they worshipped these little statues. You sit here today and you say to me, But preacher, I haven't got any of those statues in my house. But have you got them in a spiritual sense? What are you worshipping so much? He says, listen, I came and I gave you a new heart so that I can take those idols out of your life. You just need to obey and follow my instructions. He says it right here. He says, I'll give you a what heart? A what heart? A new heart. He's taken the old, and I thank God that he's taken my old heart out. Are you grateful this morning? Can you say praise the Lord for that? I'm so grateful this morning. Listen, the old, in Peter, it says that the old prophets was writing about the salvation that we have today. The salvation that you and I freely walk around in. He has taken away the old heart and He gave you a new heart. And I thank the Lord for that. Not only a new heart, but He's put in a what? A new spirit within you. A new spirit. I, when Ezekiel wrote these things, I don't, he, he didn't understand what he was writing. But how privileged are we to sit here today to know this now, that he's given us a new spirit. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And then in verse 27, he says, I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will keep my judgments and do them. Everybody say, do them. That's obedience. That's obedience. Now let me just say, that's after the cross. That's when you got saved. Now we need to do the things which you're going to hear about today, which you're going to hear about next week. You need to do them. Oh, it is so great to sit in that church. We hear all of the right things to do. But the question is, are you doing them? We need to be a doing church. Jesus said, He says, one day when you appear before me, I'm going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. But it's so wonderful. He says, have you noticed it's a small little spirit there? Have you noticed? Have you noticed it's a big capital there? This is the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit which comes. And what is He doing? He revitalizes. He, he, he makes your spirit alive because it's the Holy Spirit now who lives inside of you. Are you grateful this morning? You need to be grateful this morning. And this is what He's given us. A new heart. And now He says for us that we need to protect. We need to guard our heart with all diligence. This new heart, we need to protect and look what goes into it. But let's see. Let's see this morning how Jesus addressed this. We find Him in Matthew chapter 12. Where He writes this down. He says, or where He says this. He says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good. Who loves fruit? I love the fruit, man. I tell you what, these things you find in Woolworths now, it's called sumos. Who knows the sumos? Nobody. You need to go to Woolworths. Go search for sumos. It's the sweetest orange you can find. It is the sweetest. There's nothing sweeter than that. But, but here it is. Jesus comes to them and He talks to them about the content of the heart. And he uses here the example of a tree. He says, we need to make the tree good and its fruit good. If you have a good fruit tree, you will have good fruit. Or make the tree bad and the fruits bad. For the tree is known by what? By its fruit. I mean, that is just straightforward. Your brood of vipers. 
How can you speak good when you are evil? Do you know people like that? How can you speak good? How can a good thing come out of your mouth when, when the root is not good? The root is bringing forth these evil thoughts. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is why you just need to sometimes sit and listen when people talk. They will tell you what's in their hearts. I love it to sit and listen. I know I'm a big mouth as well, and I'm learning myself to keep my mouth shut. But, but sometimes you just sit and you listen what people say. And sometimes people contradict themselves without knowing it. And, and sometimes they tell you things which they wasn't supposed to tell you because of the abundance of the heart. It just overflows. You know what should come out of your hearts in overflowing joy, unspeakable and full of glory? But some people, because the tree is bad and the root is bad, it just overflows. And we need to learn from that this morning. Verse 35, he says, the good person out of the good treasure. Everybody say good treasure. What is that treasure? It's inside of us. Out of a good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth evil in verse 36 i tell you on the day of judgment this is jesus people will give an account for every careless word they speak wow shall i shall i give the church a few moments for that awkward silence to think about that it's everything you speak and let it be known you can go behind this curtain and speak it with somebody, you can close yourself in a door. Who, who hears it? Come and you tell me, who hears it? God knows it. God hears it. And not only God, there's angels as well. Because the angels look into your lives, how this new salvation is forming and shaping you. The angels are looking at your life. The angels also saw you when you were that sinner, and now you are saved, and now the Spirit of God works in you. Every single word you speak will be judged. <clears throat> it's not going to be judged by man. You see, you can come to me and you can tell me something about somebody else and I can judge whether I trust you and believe you or not. And I can go, yes, I believe you, well said. But if that is even off, God will be the final judge to look you into the eyes and to say, I knew the intent of your heart when you said that, which other people don't know. This is why this is such a serious matter. And it affects every single person in this room. It affects me. He says there will be a judge. You will give an account for this, what you've said. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be condemned. This is talking about a court of law. This is a court. This is legal talk here. When it says you are justified, there it talks, it's a legal talk, or condemned. Wow. Now we're talking about practical living, and the church is very, very quiet today. But Jesus didn't stop there. A little bit further on, in Matthew chapter 15, Matthew writes down, he says, hear and understand. And I want to hear and understand this morning, please, Lord. He says in verse 11, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, that is what defiles a person. I know there's people and there's these laws, I don't eat this, I don't eat that, and they were under that law. But Jesus addresses here something else. 
He says, I'm looking what's coming out of your heart. What is festering in your heart is going to come in the abundance and it's going to defile what you say. In verse 17, do not see. Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? I think we all experience that. I think we all know what he's talking about. But, what is but? A sharp contrast. He says, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from where? From the heart. Is the heart an important thing? Absolutely. He says, from the heart. And this defiles the person. For out of the heart comes what? Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Well, it's a tough message today, isn't it, Han? It's a tough message today, but that's what the Word of God do. You see, the Word of God is like, it's living and powerful. It's like a two-edged sword which cuts between bone and marrow, spirit and soul. And it's the discerner of the heart and the mind. And may it discern us today. He says it here. He says that all of these things are festering in the heart. And all of these things, if they are festering in the heart, will proceed from your heart and over your mouth out into the audience. Now we need to think about this because my brother said it so well this morning. That we need to think what is inside of us. We need to make sure, you know, if there is things coming out of your mouth, you know, that you come to Christ and you say, Lord, help me, because I need to guard my heart. You see, we can't control our tongues. This is what James writes to us. Who knows this? Can you control your tongue? Somebody said, bite on your tongue before you say something. I've tried it before and then I got a sore tongue. Then I stopped biting my tongue. But it is true, we need to put a guard before our mouth, the psalmist say. In James chapter 3, he says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed. And we've done that very well. And they have been tamed. They have been tamed. I mean, I, I look at these big elephants. You know, there's a big elephant. They've got all of this power and might. They can crush you at any moment. But would you believe it that that elephant, a small iron around their feet, with a stake in the ground, make them not to go away? Man has tamed a lot of animals, haven't we? But there's one thing we haven't tamed well. He talks about it there. He says, but no man can, can tame his tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Full of deadly poison. With the with it, we bless the Lord God and our Father. We sing the songs here in church, isn't it? Hallelujah! We praise you, Lord. This is what he's saying there. And with it, we curse men. We have been made the symbol to the men who has been made the same as God. Out of the same mouth, we proceed blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? No, it's by far not. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grape bear figs? No, thus no spring yields forth salt, water and fresh water. This is a serious matter. No wonder that the Proverbs say that we need to guard our hearts with all diligence. It's given to us to maintain this new heart. We need to guard it. We need to look what's going into that. Now we know that what goes into you 
and what you are filled with controls you. The Bible talks about this. It's so very clear. What you get into your life and it starts to become so big inside of you will eventually overflow. And it controls your whole life. I mean, look at Luke chapter 4 verse 29. Jesus is here. He's walking into the synagogue and they gave him the book of Isaiah and he meticulously opened up in one passage. And I think I've said to you before, remember Bible divisions wasn't there back in the day. They just had the big scroll. Jesus get the whole scroll of Isaiah and he meticulously go down until he find the passage there which says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And then he says, in your ears today, this scripture verse has been fulfilled. In other words, that the Spirit of the Lord is within him. But then he continues on to say, that in the Old Testament, that God healed the Gentiles and not the Jews. And what happens? Here in verse 28. So all of those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. They were filled with wrath. Wrath is another word for anger. They were so angry at Jesus. Is that what is filling you in your life? Is that what you are operating on? You say in church, I'm sitting there and I'm the friendliest guy. Everybody goes around and say that you're this big teddy bear, man. You're so ugly and cuddly. But when you get home, man, you are that terrible grizzly bear. Yeah? Shall I, shall I come to your workplace? Shall I just talk and ask a few of your friends around the workplace? Uh, and, and I'll just say to them, look, everybody says that he's in church, this big cuddly bear. How's he amongst you? Oh, he loses his temper just like that. You see, it's here. These people were filled with wrath. And then what did they try to do? They made plans to take Jesus and throw him off. Of, they wanted to kill Jesus. And we will see in next week and the week after as we're going to deal with anger in itself, and we're going to look at anger and fits of wrath, in, and maybe next week, the week after, as these things, and how to deal and address with that. But here we find people which were filled with wrath, with anger. A few pages on, Luke chapter 5, verse 25, 26, he says, and they were all amazed. Why were they amazed? Because Jesus did a miracle. And they glorified God, and were filled with fear they were all filled with fear you see the word filled there they were filled with wrath they were filled with fear saying we have seen strange things today and you know what's going to happen that fear if you are filled with fear in your life it is going to control your actions we come back to it what you are filled with controls you you know i'm talking to christians today and i'm going to talk this people is going to listen over the next 24 hours your whole life is fear you know what I'm talking about. You are fearful about tomorrow. You are fearful about your finances. You are fearful about your children. You are fearful about what's going to happen here. You're going to fearful about that. And your whole life is being controlled by that. All of your actions is controlled by that. You're afraid to do anything. So what happens? You become procrastinated. You just sit back. I'm not going to try it. I'm not even going to put my food out. These people are fearful to go out on streets and to tell people about the good news. It's fear who keeps people away. You see why it's so important to guard your hearts? What you are filled with will control you. There's people who's walking around with anger in churches. 
You just, you, you just know these people. <clears throat> you just know you can't say anything which will upset them. Because if you upset them, ooh, off it goes. There's people in households. Listen, they're going to listen to me online. There's people in households. There, there is children who's living in homes who are so afraid of their parents. There's children afraid of their mom or dad. And there's people sitting in these homes who's got so much anger that it rages on. And every time when it happens, they feel terribly bad and sad. And they come back and they say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, please forgive me. But they never mean it. Because it's never been addressed at the right place. And that's the root. Because if the root is good, the fruit will be good. If the root is bad, the fruit will be bad. I forgot to do a disclaimer when I started preaching. I was going to say to you that in the next five weeks you're going to be confronted with a lot of things. You're going to get upset with me. You may even get mad at me. But I just want to say that's okay. Because if you get mad at me and upset, the Holy Spirit's working with you. But this is how we live. And this is Christians. I'm not talking about the world here. Jesus was talking to His disciples. He was talking to the crowd there. Let's look at one more. Luke chapter 6, a few chapters on. But they were all filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. This is, this is another one. This is rage. This is fits of rage. Do you know people like that? Are you a person like that? If you are a person like that and you feel convicted this morning, you're at the right place. The Holy Spirit needs to help us, brothers and sisters. Help me, Lord. How many times have you cried that out, but then you find yourself again? Well, well maybe in the next four weeks, we're going to trust the Lord to open up the Scriptures for you to see and identify. I'm going to actually, in one of these weeks, talk about rage, and I'm going to fill that in with anger, and we're going to see the root thereof, and then we're going to see how the Holy Spirit can help you. And let's pray for that. They were filled with, you see all of these words here. I come back to it. They were filled with wrath. They were filled. And now we've already learned from Jesus and from James and from Proverbs that there is a treasure cove in here. And whatever is inside of you, it's like a garbage bin. Garbage in? That's what it is. Good in, good out. I'm not going to hang you dry. There's some good news coming. Acts chapter 3 verse 10, and there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot. But I do understand that some people want to eat as well. There's a lot, but let me just do an, another one or two. Acts chapter 3 verse 10, then they, they knew that it was the, he who sat and begging arms at the beautiful gate. This is when Peter grabbed that man and he said, stand in the name of the Lord. And the people saw this in the temple and they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what was happening to him. Wonder and amazement. Are you filled with wonder and amazement sometimes? I am. But you, need, you see, this has become a danger in the church to be filled with wonder and amazement because people are chasing wonder and amazement now in the churches. We want to be wonder. We want to see all the amazing things while, while the Word of God, the power of God is working in their midst. No, no, where's the wonder and the amazement? We want to see all of the, fla the fancy stuff, the, the wow stuff. They were all filled with that when they saw the miracle that what happened. You see, it, it matters what is inside of us. 
because that's going to determine how we walk. One more. One more. They were filled with indignation. Acts chapter 5 verse 17. Then the high priest rose up. <clears throat> this was when they were preaching the gospel out there. The good news. One would have think that a ruler, one would have think that the, the premier of this state, one would have think that the prime minister of this country would come and say, Christians, we need more Christian churches to preach the good news. One would think that, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? But no. No, it doesn't happen. No, why not? Because that's not the way. You know, they under the sway. We saw it last week, under the sway of the evil one. And now the high priest rose up. And he should have been the one who say, let's hear about this because it's coming from there, from, from them. He says, and all of those who were with him, which is the sect of the sad you sees. You know, they were sad, you see, because they don't believe in the life after. The sect of the sad you sees. And they were filled, they were filled with what? They were filled, uh, they should have been filled with wonder and amazement. But they were filled with indignation. Indignation. And who knows what's indignation? It is jealousy. Let it be known that a lot of people today are ruled and controlled by jealousy. Why them and not me, Lord? Why him and not me? Why do they have that and not me? Jealousy. You see, these people were filled with that indignation because here these men were preaching the good news and people want good news. You go out onto the streets, they might put up a resistance, but they need and want the good news. And, and here the good news goes out, but these men goes, why them and not us? Why the crowds all of a sudden following them and not us? They were worried that the crowds were going to go and with the crowds goes their tidings. Praise the Lord, we don't preach tithing in this church. And here we find it that they were filled to the top and laid their hands on the apostles and put them into a common prison. No, no, we can't have any of that good news. It's all doom and gloom. It's all bad. I, I, I want to testify to you. It's so easy that it happens. When I pray, you know, I prayed for, for, you know, it's nearly two weeks that the Lord's been laying this series on my heart. And I'm praying it. And I go to a gym. You know, I try to keep, keep myself fit. And there's a steam room there. And I'm, I'm preparing this, this message. And while sometimes I sit in the steam room, okay, and I'm all by myself and I can talk out loud and I have a wonderful time with the Lord in the steam room. <laughs> it is great. And, and sometimes there's people coming in and then I can't be, you know, the whole time because there's conversations. But would you have it the last two weeks? I'm sitting there in the steam room and here comes these people in and all they do is complain. And they complain, and they complain, and they, nothing is right. And I'm sitting there on my towel, and I'm sitting there on my own, and they complain and burn and complain. And then, then they ask me, so what do you think? And guess what came out of my mouth? <laughs> Complaints! <laughs> no, I'm not an angel. But you know what? It was so wonderful. I, I went home, and I went straight back, and I repented. My brother, I repented. I said, Lord, but you showed me something. I was sitting there and I was gabbing all of that stuff up. I should have protected my heart. I didn't complain a lot, okay? Just, <laughs> there's no excuse. <laughs> but I complained. And, and this is the thing, brothers and sisters. What is coming inside, if you're not going to be careful, it is going to fester inside. It becomes part of our treasure fold. And it is then going to come out. 
And this is what I said over the next four weeks, we will unpack that. But now, let's come to the end today, because I've showed you the things which you can be filled with, and it controls your life. Brothers and sisters, let not these things control your life. Let it not control your life. We need to have, I'm going to show that to you in a minute or two. We need to have the joy of the Lord in your hearts. Because if the joy of the Lord comes into your heart, that's what's going to overflow. And guess what's going to happen? If you're going to start showing the joy of the Lord, what? People is going to come to you as a fruit tree and they want to have some of that fruit. I want what she's got. I want what he's got. What has he got? He's got the joy of the Lord down in my heart, down in my heart. Come on, how do we sing it? Where's Sister Kara? I've got the joy, joy, joy. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. Oh yes, and I'm happy so very happy i so where do we find it now where do we find this let me go and show you this is so wonderful ephesians we go to the word of god ephesians what do we need to be filled with then i just we sang it you all sang it ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 he says and do not be drunk with wine and in which and uh, which is dissipation and praise the Lord, we're going to preach through the book of Ephesians. And when I get to this, I'm going to unpack it for you even deeper. But just for now, listen to what it says. He says, but, everybody say but. but. Be filled, everybody say be filled. be filled. With the Spirit. Say with the Spirit. So we've heard all of these things we should not be filled with. But what should we be filled with? With the Spirit. And, and listen, he talks here, this is not baptism with the Spirit, this is filling with the Spirit, okay? When we were born again, we were baptized into the body of Christ through the Spirit of God. When you were born again, you received the Spirit of God. I want to be clear about that. But then the Bible also talks about filling. Now, there's, I come out of a Pentecostal background. There is a lot of things going on where they go, you know, we need to wait and we need to do all these funny things. No, 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 no. We, we get filled with the Spirit, and you can see the signs of being filled with the Spirit in these verses. So some people come around and say, no, 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 it's speaking in tongues, it's having a word of wisdom, it's having all of these things. No, no, those were gifts to the church for edification of the church. Do you operate in it? If God wants you to operate it, He will place it upon you and you will operate in it. So that's the first thing where people run to. What is the evidence of being filled with the Spirit? What is the evidence? He writes it down here. Look at this now. Verse 19. He says, Speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns. Did we sing a hymn today? That last hymn that we sang is a beautiful hymn. And then in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So you say to me, what is the evidence that I'm filled with the Spirit? And by the way, filling in the Spirit is not like water. It's not a commodity. That, you know, today I'm just filled to my ankles and tomorrow I'm filled to my legs and then I'm filled to my waist and then I'm filled all over. That's not how the filling works. Some people go and say, oh, I was so full of the Spirit this morning and then I ran into trouble into, in my workplace and half the Spirit was just drained. 
it doesn't work that way. It's not a commodity. No, no. Listen to this now. We find here signs. How can you tell a person is filled with the Spirit? It starts with joy. You look at people who are born. You look at Jesus. You look at Paul. Paul is a great example. He had such a difficult life, but he's joyful. Joy is a sign of being filled in the Spirit. You know, we sing our songs. How are you singing your songs to God? I'm not saying you need to be in the choir or anything. But man, I'm off. No, no, I'm, I'm singing false. My wife said I better stay quiet because I'm singing false. Brother, sing. Because I believe there's a sift between here and heaven and your voice sounds beautiful to God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord, you know, I look at some Christians, honestly, every day. Oh, it's so tough. Oh, life is so tough. I can't. Oh, man. Oh, it's so tough. Yes, it is. It's so tough for me as well. It is tough for the person next to me as well. You, you think you've got a tough life. Wait until you, wait until you hear. Wait until you hear the person next to you. Wait, wait, wait until, you, you wouldn't even go half a year in their boots. Don't judge a person if you haven't walked in his shoes. They might be struggling more than you think. But they don't show it. They always look so joyful. That shows. What the heart is full of comes out. Is that you? I mean, yes, we get down. I get down. I sit there sometimes and I sit with the Lord and I feel like David and I said, oh, where is my joy going? Lord, this is the big thing. But you know, it doesn't take long. I start singing a song, I'm singing another song, I read a scripture, the scripture jumps up, and then by soon I'm singing again. We all get down. I'm not saying we are all of these machines now which are, we are focused and programmed to just be happy clap. No, no. But the joy, the general joy of the Lord, and then secondly, is thankfulness. You can generally see if the Spirit of the Lord lives in somebody with their thankfulness. With their thankfulness. You know, some person walks into, into a supermarket and there's no more white bread there and, and they just eat white bread. Now it's only brown bread. And now, what's going on here? But be thankful you've got bread. Thankfulness is a big thing for children of God. You, you know, let's go back. Let's just go back. When, when John the Baptist was baptizing at Betabara, and the people came to him and they said to him, what shall we do? First of all, he says, sell all your clothes and give it. Oh, no, don't sell it. No, that's wrong. He says, give away all of your clothes to the poor. And then he says, be thankful, be content. That is a fruit of repentance. If it's a fruit of repentance, it becomes what? It becomes in your heart a fruit of joy. Thankfulness is a sign whether you are filled with the Spirit. There's people who struggle. Listen, let me tell you. In our fellowship, there's people who are struggling financially. But you wouldn't tell and you wouldn't know who they are. I know because they shared with me and I help. And they are some of the most joyful people I know. Some of the most joyful. You wouldn't know. You would look at them and you say, wow, they've got life so easy. No, they don't. But they're content. And then finally this morning, it says, you know, what about submit and submit one, in, one to another? Oh, I will never submit. I will never submit. No, no, you're not submitting to man, you're submitting to God. And let me, let me just be clear about this. I'm not preaching this because I'm the pastor of the church. I've got no power over you. 
I've got no control over you. You don't need to submit to me as a man. You submit to God. You submit to one another. There's, there's, why? Why would he do this? Because the Lord wants to help you. His arm is not short to reach out to you. And, and you by going, oh, I will not talk to that sister in the church because whatever, whatever reason. But God chose that person that day to reach out to you. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, I've got an issue. You shouldn't have issues. Oh, yeah, but you should have issues, but give them to the Lord. You know what the problem is? If you've got an issue and you, and you get a crowd together, you make your issue a, a problem and it fills the heart and it starts flowing over the mouth. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. One verse and then we're going to eat. What do you need to be filled with? First of all, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you get filled? You just ask the Lord. You go on your knees, you pray, you ask Him, say, Lord, I'm such an unjoyful person. All small things irritate me. It gets, it knocks me off. Put it to the Lord. And then start, listen, listen to me, start reading the Bible. Somebody asked me, they said, how, how do you say every time the Lord told you? Is it an audible voice? No, it's not. I'll tell you, honestly, in my life, it is when I go sit down, I write down a question, and I say, Lord, I've got a problem with this in my life. And Lord... I write it down. I've got a journal. I write it down in my journal. And then when I start doing my own, I just continue on reading my Bible, going through my morning prayer, reading, keep on reading, reading a chapter. It may not be in Matthew. It may, I might read into Mark. I might go into Colossians. I might go into Galatians. Then I might find myself back here in Samuel. And then, woe and behold, three months later, I'm in Judges, and boom, I read something, and the Scripture just stands out. Is that happening with you as well? That's how the Lord speaks to me. Let, let's finish this morning. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Secondly, Colossians chapter 3 verse 15, he says, And let the peace of God rule your what? What brings peace into your heart? We've said it before in this church. Grace and peace. You first get the grace of God. You were saved by grace through faith. That not of yourself so that no one can boast about it boost boast about it he says by grace you've been saved now it goes on after grace comes peace he says let the peace of god rule in your hearts to whom which you were also called in one body to be what oh there we go let the word everybody say word Word. let the logos of christ dwell in you richly what needs to dwell in you the word and the Spirit, the Spirit and the Word dwell in you. If you start filling yourself with the Word of God and the Spirit comes and He fills you up, what's going to happen? I love it because it's a, it's a parallel passage in all wisdom, teaching and, admoni- and admonishing one another with what? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace. What is the three things that you can see that you are filled? There's joy, there is what? Thankfulness and there is submittance. You see that they... They all, is the same. Look at it, filled with the Spirit, with hymns, psalms, spiritual songs, singing. He says it here, with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and singing. What do we need to be filled with today? The Word of God and the Spirit of God. Now, the one is what God is going to bring to you. He will fill you up, it's His Spirit, yes? The other one is one that you need to do. You need to open up your Bible and you need to start reading. Praise the Lord, we got these small little green Bibles that we're giving out now. 
If you don't know where your Bible is, like my brother said, just grab one, it's free. Amen? Have we learned something today? So next week, like I said, over the next few weeks, and, and I again say this is the disclaimer, you may be offended, and if it offends you, it's good. Allow the Spirit to work in you, but we're going to unpack anger and those things. One by, for four weeks, there's three or four things I want to unpack and go deeper and see where the roots comes from. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning for your word. And Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, which uh, is the discerner, Father. It is in your hearts. And Father, I pray for everybody who heard my voice today. And Father, that they've heard your voice through that and that your word can go out and not return void, but accomplish all it's purposed for in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that. That's the word of the Lord today. In fact, let me just read 